The Murders and Mysteries podcast series brought to you by the Grand Island Independent. Check out special subscription offers at our website, theindependent.com slash sign up for more information. Welcome back to Murders and Mysteries podcast series from the Grand Island Independent. Here in episode five, we talk about a man named Nelvin Nelson. Now, the name may not sound familiar to you, but he is a person of historical significance in Grand Island and Hall County. This is Murders and Mysteries. Here in episode five, we talk about an illicit love affair, a quarrel, and two shots fired. I'm your host, Josh Salmon. Joining me once again is Michelle Setlick of the Hall County Historical Society. Michelle, tell us about this soap opera type story that took place on October 15th, 1950. This one is very, very complicated. There's a lot of uh, intricate pieces and a lot of people involved in this. So uh, we'll go through it for you. But it's an interesting story and a very, uh, very uh, unique kind of murder. This takes place October 15th, 1950. I'll let you go ahead and start, Michelle. Sure. So... uh, officer Monahan, he was the officer on duty at the Grand Island Police Station, and you know, it was just it was a quiet evening, and all of a sudden a man came into the station, and uh, told the officer that a man was hurt badly at room six of the McAllister Building, and he needed to call a doctor quick, and then the man turned around and he left, and Officer Monahan, he didn't get any more details, he didn't really know what was going on, it was kind of puzzling. Yeah, how do you take something like that? Right. Yeah. So. He um he started to call the doctor, and then shortly after that, uh, just a couple minutes later, a woman comes into the station, and um, she also asked for the officer to get a hold of a doctor, and she says that um, the, the officer said, you know, he was trying to reach a doctor right then, you know, and the woman said him that he needed to hurry or the man would surely die. Uh, and that made huh. Officer Monahan um, even more curious what was going on. So he grabbed the woman right away by the arm so that she couldn't walk out of the station right. so he could get some more details. And um, he wanted he wanted to know what was going on. He was trying to question her, and she started crying. He's been shot. So the McAllister building was basically, it was kind of, it was one just a building owned by a guy named McStout McAllister. There was a hardware store, and there was apartments upstairs. And so this was in, in one of the apartments. Yeah, so it was in downtown Grand Island. So the officer in... It was at 3rd and um, Pine Street was where this building was, which is really close to the city hall. So Officer Monahan, he still had a hold of the woman's arm, and he grabbed her, and they started running towards the McAllister building. Hmm. Okay, so they get there, and uh, they did get a hold of a doctor, and the doctor arrived. Then what happened? Yep, the doctor was on his way, but when they got to the McAllister building, um, the officer, he saw the first man in the hallway um, before he went into room 6, the first man who had come into the police station. And when he walked into the room, he found Nevin Nelson, who had worked for the city. Um, he was a um, an engineer or a wireman for the city's electric department. And Nevin was laying on the floor of the room, bleeding, uh, right next to the bed. Interesting. So then they've got the guy who reported a man being shot and the woman who reported the same man being shot. And then the police, doctor, and the victim, Nevin Nelson. Yes. So the doctor, when he came in, he recognized the man being Nevin Nelson right away. And someone got a hold of Nevin's wife, Anna. So Anna was not there. Anna was not the woman who was pacing in the hallway. Um, And Anna came to the hotel right away to the boarding house and flung herself over Nevin Nelson and and was sobbing. And and the other woman, who was um, Agnes Lewis, actually, was pushed out of the room at the time. And uh, she was pacing in the hallway. The officer was standing out in the hallway over both the man, who was later identified then as Peter Lewis, and Agnes Lewis. Um, 
he stood over them and made sure that neither one of them left the building until they can figure out what was going on. So the husband reported the man been shot, then his wife came and reported the man been shot. Yes, yes. Interesting. All right. And so it must have been hard to get a hold of Anna Nelson, first of all, because the phones were, you know, 1915. I don't know if somebody just knew where she was or where she worked or something, but they got her there. Well, so I don't think she's really a suspect at this point. No, and it was kind of interesting, too, why they um, both uh, Peter Lewis and Agnes Lewis went to the police station to ask for a doctor to be called. There was a phone in the boarding house. Um, there was a phone just down the hall from from this room six. So why did they go to the police station to ask a doctor to be called? I'm not entirely sure, but someone must have stepped out to that phone down the hall and uh, called Nevin's wife, and so she came right okay. away. Yeah, and it's probably maybe they thought they would be, look less you know, guilty if they went into the police station just randomly yeah. instead of calling from the hallway where it happened. So, interesting. Coming back, is the love interest also a suspect? Ooh, the plot thickens when Murders and Mysteries continues. At the Grand Island Independent, our award-winning staff provides the best in news, sports, and photography. Your trusted source since 1870 is the Grand Island Independent. Special subscription offers are available. Visit theindependent.com slash signup for more information. Back on Episode 5 of Murders and Mysteries, I'm your host, Josh Salmon, with Michelle Setlick. We're discussing Nelvin Nelson. Was he innocent or was he guilty? Was the woman involved also part of the crime? Michelle this is where things take a turn. They have, let's see, so Anna's by his side. The next morning before he even knew the fate of Nelson, Peter Lewis told his side of the story to a reporter at The Independent. That gets pretty interesting from there. Well, and actually they were also able to question Nevin Nelson before he passed away. And uh, Nevin, they were trying to ask him what was going on, and Nevin replied, I didn't do a thing when he shot me. Um, so when Officer Monahan, you know, he placed Peter Lewis under arrest right away, and um, so, yeah, then the next morning, Peter starts to tell his his side of the story. Claimed that he and his estranged wife were attempting to reconcile and had enjoyed an evening together before returning to her room. Inside her room, she pulled a gun from the drawer and threatened to kill herself. Now, this is what uh, Peter Lewis said. Um, and after disarming her, he said he placed the gun in his pocket after safekeeping. So they're at, Aunt, they're at Mrs. Lewis's room, right? Yeah, so... Um, Peter Lewis and Agnes um, Lewis, they had actually separated and were in the process of being divorced when um, she had moved into the McAllister building. And so Peter Lewis himself was a traveling salesman, so he wasn't around a lot anyway. Um, he had just gotten back to Grand Island and he was trying to get his wife to reconcile. Um, she had a child from a previous marriage. They had a child together. So he asked her to go out to dinner and she agreed to go out with dinner with him that night. Um, so they did They did go out to dinner, and they did come back to the boarding house. And that's kind of where their stories start to diverge then. Yeah, and, and neighbors said that uh, Peter Lewis was a, uh, a man who cared for his home, took a lot of pride and a lot of time in its surroundings. Said, uh, he w when he was in town, you know, he worked a lot, always conducted himself as an exemplary citizen. Porter stated the tone regarding Agnes was not the same. The neighbors believed Nelson alone was not the cause of the trouble that ended so tragically. So now you've got Nelvin Nelson and Agnes living. They live in the same McAllister building. So that's kind of what the well, connection is. Well, no, no. Actually, Nelvin, he was still with his wife, Anna. Um, he just happened to be in the building oh, so that night when this happened. So, But um, prior to this, so the 
the Lewis and the Nelson families actually were neighbors until the summer. And so this happened in October of 1915, but until the summer of 1915, they were neighbors on the 600 block of West 10th street. Um, and Peter Lewis, yeah, like you said, his neighbors told, you know, the story about how he was an, a devoted, attended father and husband. And he was really, he took care of the place when he was around. Um, Peter Lewis had claimed that he and his wife were very happy until small differences started to arise and then just grew and grew um, regarding the, the care and treatment of their children. Okay, so then here's another plot twist. It said when he took the stand, Peter Lewis was cool and collected, and he retold a story given days earlier to the reporter. He claimed to not know the exact relations between his wife and Nelson prior to the start of the divorce proceedings, but that his wife had confessed to him of unlawful uh, relations and he was willing to forgive her for the sake of the children now she didn't necessarily say that was with nelson she just said that there was some right and so um agnes and um peter did separate and he was actually when he was in town he was living at the kohler hotel and she was staying at the McAllister. Uh, and the children actually interesting enough were not with either parent hmm. um the children were placed in an orphanage in uh york at the time so neither child was living with the parent um, Agnes was living on her own at the McAllister and apparently Nevin Nelson, the neighbor was the man that she was having the relationship with and they continued to have that relationship. Interesting. So on the night in question, Lewis claimed he took his, uh, strange wife out for dinner. We said that showed an attempt to reunite the family upon prompting, uh, by his attorney. He stated that, uh, this is when things got a little different, a custom, uh, let's see, says when, uh, it was a custom, he undertook whenever he was in town, took his wife out because she came from a family that didn't do that very much, that kind of thing. So once he said that he wanted to get back with her, apparently she got really hysteric. And, uh, you know, I think she I, I think she liked the idea, but it said spell of hysterics. Yeah. And kind of along that same line, you know, he he was saying that he had taken his wife out to dinner because she was in a family, didn't have a lot of those um, opportunities, like you said, but also. Um, it's kind of interesting. I think it kind of leads a little bit to what Peter Lewis's psyche was. He uh, stated on the stand that his wife was not given the raising a, mo a mother should have given to her daughter. Hmm. So he's saying, you know, she didn't have a good role model. And so I was, I was taking charge and I was giving her these things that she didn't get from her parents. So it kind of, I think, plays with his psyche a little bit. So when they got back to the hotel after dinner, like I said, their stories diverged at this point. And um, Agnes, her story was that they separated. They went in different ways. And after he left, Nelson was supposed to be coming over that night. She knew he was coming over. Mm -hmm. um, but she told him to wait because they were going to this dinner. And so after they had separated, she went down the hall to the phone in the boarding house to call Nelson and say, Coast is clear. Come on over. Right. And um, Peter Lewis apparently had snuck back and overheard her conversation. And then... Hmm then uh, uh confronted her at the time so this whole time nelson is still married to his wife anna yes during this is going on yep so when nelson comes in like i think it was close to 15 minutes uh later yeah she opened the door nelson pulled her into his arms nelson said uh, you divorced this woman and now you're trying to play with her again yes before this though she pulled out a gun though uh, it was interesting. She grabbed a gun at, from the dresser drawer and threatened to kill herself before he wrestled away, Lewis, before Lewis uh, took it away. And then that's the story that Lewis told. Right. 
you know, the story could also have been that she pulled the gun out because Lewis came back and found out she was going to be having this rendezvous right. with Nelson. And she pulled out the gun as protection for herself and he wrestled it away. Or so he could have just showed up with a gun. Well, and I, I think it was her gun. I okay. think that they did establish it was okay. her gun. Um, he claims he took it away from her because she, he was protecting her from herself. Hmm. Um, but again, I think she was potentially protecting herself from him. And then Nelson comes into the room and tries to protect her. So it says uh, Lewis testified that he feared Nelson had influence over her and that he wanted her to conclude and make definite agreements in uh, then and there. Uh, about leaving together as he felt she remained in Grand Island. She could not rid herself of Nelson, that uh, which had separated them to begin with. So he's kind of the cause of them to separate. And the guy says, look, I had control of her, and I was you know, buying her nice things and taking her out to eat. And Nelson comes in, and he's trying to take control of her now. Yeah, so that was that was Lewis's defense, was he was protecting her from herself and from this man who was trying to, to take her away. Um, Nelson, and, you know, he was... Well, his claim before he passed was that he was trying to protect her, and and he gave him no good reason to shoot him. Um, Lewis's story was that Nelson had approached him in a menacing way, and he was uh, afraid for himself, and so he had the the gun in his hand, and he discharged it to protect himself. Uh, When Lewis said, Agnes and I need to talk to you, Lewis claimed, Nelson uh, turned it on him and said, for two cents, I'd get you the right Uh, I'd get you right now. Mm -hmm. Before he snarled, crouched, and came towards him in a menacing way. Lewis had said that he could not see if Nelson was holding anything in his hand. He reached into the dresser and had no way to escape. He claimed he told Nelson to stop before discharging the gun the first time. The second time he tried to fire the gun, the gun failed to discharge. On the third shot, he hit Nelson for the second time, and Nelson sank to his knees. Mm Mm-hmm. And kind of interesting, too, about this whole story was they left the room intact after Nelson uh, died. And so when they had the trial, they actually paraded the entire jury Hmm. down to the boarding house and then had the jury go into the room where it actually happened. Interesting. And um, to see the scene for themselves. And so this this whole trial then, uh, then proceeded and they had three hours of testimony and this field trip that the jury took. But interestingly enough, when the jury retired to deliberate, they only spent 15 minutes in the room before coming out with their verdict. Hmm. And the whole court case took place three days after the crimes took place. So, I mean, that's things were a lot different then. <laughs> now yeah. the guy would be on trial for a year and, and then you'd appeal. And this was three days later. All this ha- took place after the crime. So uh, after three hours of testifying, you said they were there 15 minutes. Uh, And then the jury came up with their verdict, and it was a very cool verdict. The jury came out, and they said, We find that Nevin N. Nelson came to his death by a gunshot wound inflicted by P.G. Lewis, and we furthermore find that said shots were fired by P.G. Lewis in self-defense. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. So the crowd then in the courtroom, the courtroom courtroom was packed. Um, There was a lot of applause that broke out and men were lining up to shake the hand of Mr. Lewis in a show of support. But on the other side of the courtroom, Nevin Nelson's father-in-law shouted his protest. Um, And the Independent the next day reported 
that the um, most innocent party and the one who suffered the most in this entire situation was Anna Nelson, the wife of the deceased. Yeah, because, I mean, you don't really don't know exactly what was going on between her husband and, you know, Mrs. Lewis. And so now she has to live with that and people see her and talk about it and that kind of thing. So uh, it's very interesting what happened. So he got off with it. I mean, he said he was defending himself. So you wonder if, if Nelson, Nevin himself pulled out a gun and then Lewis just got the shot in quicker or what the deal is. I don't really know. Well, or if... Nelson, you know, if if the if the jury took into account that Nelson was with Lewis's wife, and if that had any um, sway on their decision, we just don't really know that for sure. But it, it is interesting that you know a man lost his life, and yes, he was having an affair with his neighbor's ex-wife. Um, he was stepping out on his own wife, but people are lining up and shaking the hands of the killer. Right. After his innocence was declared by the jury. So apparently a lot of people didn't care for Mr. Nelson, is what that tells me. Well, I don't know if anyone cared for Nelson <laughs> or if they were like, you know, hey, you know, this man's trying to take your wife. Right. And well, I do the same thing. You know, I or, would do the same thing, right. I, which I, to me is a little bit abhorrent. But Yeah. So that's very interesting. So he got off on that one. He did. And so do we know what happened to uh, the Lewises after this? They left. Just they left were, town. Yep. And... Neither one were here anymore after that. They both left town. So just kind of vanished into the sunset and lived their separate lives. And not sure what happened with the kids. Probably went, hopefully went to better homes. Hopefully they went to better homes. I think that both of the parents had, um, had some challenges. So, so yeah, it's, it's a sad story. I mean, it was, it was a love affair gone wrong. And this love triangle resulted in the death of a man and the loss of a father of the children of Anna and Nevin Nelson. And, um, yeah, just life was never the same for any of them after that. Yeah, one life lost, and the other guy uh, didn't have to go to jail. So no, just no, kinda... no one was punished for it. Right, interesting. All right, thank you very much, Michelle Setlick from the Hall County Historical Society. Thank you. This wraps up Episode 5 of Murders and Mysteries. Thank you to my guest, Michelle Setlick of the Hall County Historical Society. Next week in our series finale, we take a look at two small-town robberies that were anything but small-time. This is Josh Salmon. See you next time. Murders and Mysteries podcast series from the Grand Island Independent is copyrighted by Lee Enterprises 2022.